Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode. Today, I am here with Erica Jones, and we're going to be talking all about yoga as action for social change. You are listening to Creating Wellness from Within, a podcast devoted to helping you live your best life through self-care and wellness. In each episode, we strive to offer you actionable advice and tools to help you on your journey towards greater personal wellness. I am your host, Amy Zalmer, and I am editor-in-chief of Minnesota Yoga and Life magazine and the Brain Health magazine. Additionally, I've published four books on the topic of brain injury and concussion. I am passionate about wellness, yoga, photography, travel, and all things glittery. You can learn more about me at creatingwellnessfromwithin.com. Today, my guest is Erica Jones, and she is a global inclusion and diversity leader at General Motors. In her role, she's responsible for coaching leaders to build and increase their inclusive behaviors to drive diverse and equitable outcomes. Born and raised in Lincoln, Nebraska, and lived across the eastern part of the U.S., she's forever a corn husker and attended the University of Nebraska with a B.A. in journalism and is currently pursuing her master's at the University of Oklahoma in human relations, specializing in diversity, equity, and social justice. Erica teaches yoga part-time and is a, and is a Lululemon ambassador in Minneapolis. Bringing mindfulness and inclusion into spaces is her purpose and passion. It requires a looking at the self in order to lead with inclusive behaviors that impact the whole. So welcome, Erica. I'm so happy to have you here. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm I'm so thrilled that we're here. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Me too. And for those of you listening who may not know, Erica is the cover model on the uh, spring-summer issue of Minnesota Yoga and Life. So if you've seen that beautiful cover, that is the face that you're listening to. (laughs) Oh, thanks. Thank you. What an honor. I'm super grateful to be with you and to be on the cover and to have this conversation. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really excited for this conversation. And, you know, I think just the state of our world right now, you know, it's something that everybody needs to actively be participating in. And um, I'm hoping that today you can share us some ways how and what we can maybe do in our yoga classes as teachers or as business owners um, to just help make every every space um, more inclusive and equitable. Yeah. So, you know, I, I really want to start by getting some shared language on the terminology that gets to be thrown around a lot when we're in this space and talking about it. Um, I've been a DEI pr- practitioner and I love that word at the end practitioner because it, it is so um, synonymous with yoga and practicing. And yeah. really what I've experienced over the past year is that we've seen these movement moments that have created, um, armchair experts <laughs> that mm-hmm. I and, um, and so there is this element of practicing as someone in my, in my class last night, um, really shared about like, there is a concrete ceiling and how can we get the chisel and like begin to nick away the concrete ceiling and not expect that the concrete is going to get knocked down. Right. Very similar to yoga and however it is that you practice, like your first class, you're expecting to be an expert or those who are practicing inversions 
try it for the first time and they expect to get into a headstand the next time they do it. It is a practice. This whole uh, social justice, equity, and inclusion, it is all a practice. And we may never see it end in our lifetime. Yeah. Just very similar to the teachings and traditions of yoga. It is landed in Western society, but it's been around for hundreds of thousands of years. And we are now getting the fruits and labors of it. And so when we really think about it, I like to call it the Amazon effect. If we really drop and let that go, we're able to really listen, speak, and understand um, how so much of the teaching resonate to what it's calling us forth to do right now. And so some common language when we talk about inclusivity, when we talk about equity, so much of what we're seeing is people want to manage diversity. They want to manage representation. They want to manage how you're supposed to be, how it's supposed to look. And the industry of yoga, we talk about clothing. We talk about all those things. And really, I'm like, let's let's go beyond talking about clothing. Really? Mm-hmm. Let's, you know, I'm an ambassador of Lululemon. I like the product. I like the brand. I will wear it. It makes me feel great. And um, it's also harmful when we are saying, let's take away all of these things. However, what we can do is really talk about what does it mean when we're speaking about inclusivity and language? What does it mean when we're talking about equity? And so to really break it down, um, you know, inclusivity is ensuring that people are invited into spaces. It could look into the four walls of a studio. It could look into the non-four walls of the studio It could look into the teachings um, and one aspect of how are we being inclusive, not only in asana, how are we being inclusive with meditation and within self-inquiry and really being able to meet the student where they're at um, and not pushing it on someone. We're giving them the teaching that they need so that they feel that they're included into the conversation and really beyond that is belongingness. Do I see myself belonging within this practice based on how it's accessible to me and what it is that I need? Um, And that's where the equity comes in. And how is it equitable? Not only from, you know, deconstructing the capitalism of cost of accessibility to yoga, um, equitable when it comes to the various um, teachings, um, uh, the ancient teachings within Asia, within Africa, really understanding the roots of that. I'm not an expert in it. I'm still a learner in it. Um, and then also how do we make it accessible in language, um, without taking away the definition and roots of it and making it translatable for people? Um, because I personally believe that this practice is what has kept me very, very grounded to myself um, in the uprising of more social um, social change movements that we've seen. And I've really seen um, a lot of the social movements that we have is around conflict. And conflict creates social movements. Mm-hmm. And what conflict in the social movements are asking is for something to change. And how do we have conflict where it doesn't then cause harm? And I have seen conflict in social movements where it also has caused harm. Um, And 
So, you know, we've seen that so much and getting and getting rooted on how do we have movements of social change that have strategy um, and tactics around it versus calling out and, you know, spit firing here or there, um, calling out cues that don't make really any sense. Um, there's like really no foundation to it. And how do we really take a look at the teachings of this practice, how it's a system and how social change is also a system from the ground up from policies, programs, education and training to self-work, like really from the ground up, like the chakras, like how do we really um, utilize that in a strategy for to, to create change? And um, that that's what this practice is asking us to do when you look at the Gita, when you look at um, the Yamas and Niyamas, when you look at the um, uh, uh, Kleshas, when you look at all of it, um, it's all there. And, you know, to, to sum up what I'm saying is that anyone who is teaching yoga or practicing yoga, um, my question back is, is how are we being responsible of the teachings of yoga to create the right action? Because I have unfortunately seen the practice and teachings also weaponized Mm. and, um, and used against, um, and, and the way that it's spoken and that, that pushes people away. Yeah. So just like anything. um, Yeah. Yeah. It pushes anybody away. So how can we get rooted into knowing, like, you know, um, I hear a lot, like there's no love and light and, you know, we need to stop having love and light. And it's like, there is light and joy and peace. Like, uh, course of miracles say they invited me, but that light joy and peace also means that it abides in me that I have to be actionable in social change. And, and what, and how do I shine that light into the cracks to expose it, to reveal it and to say that we have to create strategy around it to create equity for all people, because this practice is to liberate people from themselves so that we can liberate other people. And um, I don't hear a lot of that being talked about lately. It's like, do this, don't do that, do this, don't do that. Well, I, I don't like, if I was in this practice, I wouldn't even know what to do. Yeah. And so how do we teach people to leverage this, to liberate themselves? And when we liberate ourselves, we see people in a new light and mm-hmm. in a new way. And that's how we create change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Essentially, I think what you're kind of saying is like, just lead by example, right? Like set the tone, set the example, um, for those in your class or those following you. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, when we are, you know, I, I like to think about not only inclusion, I say consciously inclusive, um, because when we are consciously inclusive, we are being active and, and thinking about right intention. And if I'm consciously inclusive, 
um, there is an inherent way of like, I can speak to every room and every body and consciously think about how words are going to land with people. And I may not always get it right. However, if I'm very conscious, I know that my intention is in the right direction. And if I get it wrong, I can consciously take responsibility and clean it up mm-hmm. without like then creating more self-harm. Like, oh my God, I made a mistake. I feel bad. And like all these things, it's like, I don't need to do that. It's like, thank you. I got that wrong. I apologize. And I, I can do better. And I can reach out as an extended, you know, for someone who is in a class to um, partner up with them so I can learn through their experience on how I can be better and do better. And, um, you know, this month we're recording this right now in July is um, Disability Pride Month. Mm, Yes. And, And really thinking about ability in yoga. Um, we typically teach to able bodies more yes. so than not. And, um, and really thinking about how to, um, still teach, like teaching to most of the classes that I teach, um, are abled bodies, physical, what I mean. And we don't really talk much about in the yoga space, um, all of the other characteristics of ability when it comes to, uh, um, mental ability, cognitive. Um, and so we only focus on cueing, uh, when we talk about asana and as I reflected on like, Sorry. Uh, oh, sorry. When we focus oh, Siri, on, <laughs> yeah, my watch disability pride month, like thinking about cognitive ability, nonverbal cues for someone who else like may need that. Yes. And, um, and it's, you know, it's around the things that we don't see, um, as well. And so, um, you know, our expansiveness and, and teachers, it's really important that we think about that. Um, and, and really think of how we can be inclusive as a whole, because I forgot exactly what the stat is. Um, everyone is carrying, um, a person, I think it's like one out of six Americans or something has a disability that we may see or not. Right. Right. And, um, when you think about that sheer volume of individuals that are coming into our classes, that's, that's a lot of people. Um, and so when we think about, uh, the responsibility as teachers, there's a lot to think about. We're not always going to get it right. (laughs) Yeah. And, and that's okay. Um, and knowing that we can be in self inquiry of how we can keep doing better because it is a practice. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'm glad you brought up the disability pride and, you know, I live with a traumatic brain injury. And as a result of that, I have dysautonomia, which I cannot do a lot of inversions. I cannot lie flat on my back and supine, Um, you know, just, I know how to accommodate myself in a class, but often a teacher might not 
understand dysautonomia or how to help a student. Um, and, you know, I mean, you don't know by looking at someone that, that they might have that condition. Um, so there's a lot of invisible disabilities out there. Um, and so it is, it's important to, you know, kind of understand how to help people. And if someone asks for help and you don't know how to help them, you know, trying to find that answer, right? Like, you know, I'm not sure how to modify that. I'm going to find out for you. So just taking some action. Well, what you really highlight a little bit as well is around the biases, the biases that we may have, like, you know, I think that, you know, I've been doing this work for such a long time that I think I know all the things that no, I don't have any biases. Like we all have them and there are still biases that I have within different dimensions of individuals. And I know for myself, ability is one of them. And, um, my, um, that is where I'm like definitely putting aim, um, and uncovering that bias by really looking at it more deeply and understanding it. And that's for me, like the social movement of change. We think it has to be these grandiose things. Like we're tearing down systems and Mm. we're doing all of that. And going back to what my peer said about the chisel is we just got to chisel like a little bit pieces of that away. And like we, there's a role for everything and an action in everything. And if we can uncover and expose our bias, such as around ability, that is like success in chiseling a brick away that does create more access for equity. So, you know, as yoga teachers and practitioners, um, it, we have to be able to call ourselves in. We have to be able to call each other in and say, how am I really doing the work internally? Um, personally, like where, where, where are some samskaras that I have for myself and what is the knowledge that I need and the understanding that I need the knowledge, not in a way where it's used as martyring, um, and the armchair expert, the knowledge (laughs) to have, yeah, the knowledge to have more capacity, more drishti and focus on an area to be more skillful. And it's a constant practice. Things are changing, ever changing. And if we're fixated on one thing or we're righteous on one thing, um, it is really the barrier to learning. And what I learned by being in this program in grad school around diversity, equity, and social justice, I just threw everything out the door that I knew. I realized I don't know anything I I really don't. And there's so much that I've learned so much that I've unlearned. And Mm. I can really say that I know that there's millions of people out there, um, that can say the same. And we definitely need to eat a little bit more of that humble pie, less speaking and more listening um, and, and understanding. And I think you said such an important word unlearning. We have to unlearn some of what we have always thought was right or the right way or the only way, you know, we thought that might be the only way to do something. And we have to unlearn those habits. Yeah. 100%. Um, because we've been, you know, we have been taught in homogeneous 
patriarchal <laughs> yes supremacist white supremacist systems like yes. let's just call it that and that is okay to say that it's mm-hmm. you know and what we have to be able to unlearn like this is a part of feminist and, and me is like most of theories frameworks and structures are created and developed by men you know yep. so like I have to learn, unlearn all of the conditioning that have been there. And what I really love about that is yoga. It's getting to the seat of the soul. It's like getting really back to self. Right. And so when we think about all of the layers that we add on to ourselves and, you know, um, like hurts, traumas, heartbreak, society, we're carrying all of this load. And what does yoga teach us to let it go and begin again. And that's all I've been telling myself throughout this program, throughout this process of social change is what do I need to let go of? And what do I need to begin again and relearn in a new way? And with that, with the right proper research and the right information um, and ensuring that it's the information that resonates the most with myself. Yeah. And, you know, and, and sometimes we just have to get out of our own way and get out of our comfort zone. And, you know, the thing I hear most often is that people are afraid to get it wrong and do or say the wrong thing. Um, And you were kind of touching on that earlier, right? Like, as long as you're going into it with the right intention. And, and I mean, I know intention versus impact, you know, that's a whole other topic too, but if you have that right intention and you make a mistake and someone calls you out on it, you know, just acknowledge, okay, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize, you know, yes, I've made a mistake. How can I correct it? Right? Like what can I do next time? And it's okay to make a mistake. And um, as long as you are trying, I think. Yeah. I love Oh, 100% because (laughs) you say this all the time. Like how many times are you in a class or we're in a class and I've said it myself and it's like, if you fall out of a pose, that's okay. (laughs) Get right back in. So in this society that we're in, where we are like calling out, like all of these things, why are we not extending that same grace? when people are trying and failing forward. And because if I say those words out of my mouth in a studio, they are definitely words that need to be practiced everywhere else for me. And so I, it's a call to action for me as well with any teacher that's in a class and what you're teaching and what you're saying and what you're reading, are we fully, are you fully embodying it? And are you actively practicing that off your mat? You may not always get it perfect. And we have to be able to practice those same things. I'll share with you. um, I founded the Yoga Coalition. And when I initially first started the Yoga Coalition, I did a call because I wanted to gain a sense of, you know, this was post like in 2020. And I wanted to gain a sense of, a bar- test the barometer of like where we're at. And it was all of these things. Like I-, I couldn't even believe it. So I had to put yoga coalition on the pause because it was like, this is shark water right now. 
it was, I heard, um, and I think it's definitely toned down, but I heard white women need to stop teaching yoga. We need to, um, we need to stop with the, like, we need to take down the brands that are creating capitalism, like the Lululemons and the Alos and all this stuff. Like we, we need to stop, like, like stop doing all these things. And I was, I was like, okay, this is like the extremist view. It's very polarizing. It's not how I lead this work. It's not how I will lead this work. I hear what's being said. And to me, that is surface level. It's the surface level. Um, When you think about an iceberg, those are all of like capitalistic things that definitely right on the top. And where I was, was like, how can we look into the deeper layers of um, what's really going on in the yoga industry to create equity and inclusion? And when you really look at things, um, for one, there's been a lack of education. We've seen yoga studios pop up quickly um, from practitioners, not good or bad, who have a passion for yoga and they opened a studio without thinking about how does diversity and equity and inclusion become a through line of my business. So most Fortune 500 companies and organizations have DEI embedded into their vision and framework. Small businesses, particularly like yoga studios, don't. I can't fault um, a yoga studio owner to do that. If you've never had the skill and knowledge, you're not going to do that. So my first thing is how do we get to studio owners and teach them what does it mean to have pillars of DEI in their business model and framework? What are the strategies and tactics that they need to um, create? Because it will create more diversity, physical diversity of people. It will create more um, equity thinking about workshops, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. And those things underneath the surface, deep layers below the iceberg, those systems is what will create the industry to change what it looks like on the top. And everyone was focused on the top. So I um, took a step back and was like, I can't, because we are focusing on things like on things that um, that are definitely an issue. And um, it's not where I want to play my cards because there's deeper things, um, deeper rooted things. So someone else can play in that space. I particularly want to play in the space where we get to policies and systems. Um, and that's how we create change. How does, you know, there's a yoga studio, I think that does it very well locally here in the twin cities where they do have a framework around social justice embedded into their yoga studio. Um, and it's, you know, it's pretty novice and they do right. Um, and I think more yoga studios are gaining onto that where I teach yoga. We've definitely incorporated that more. Um, I have, uh, been leading DEI, um, mindful inclusion training sessions and 200 hour teacher training programs, um, at my current local studio and at a few others where we talk about the teachings of yoga and how do we have right aim, right drishti to create social change in a way that is sustainable and productive. 
Um, and not just for the moment, but it is a movement that will, it's moments that create a movement. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, th- those to me are systems that can be embedded into a studio that do create everlasting change. And that is the first pillar that I'm starting on um, because I think that it is irresponsible for studios and teachers at this day and age, not to have inclusion and equity and social justice training. You will realize I take out the D Um, it's those other three. Um, And that is, that is my role to bring into that's the role I'm holding myself accountable to bring into spaces Um, inspired by also teachers of mine that I have a lot of respect for how they lead this practice. Um, Michelle Cassandra Johnson, Ben Vincent, Betsy Weiner, um, uh, uh, those teachers for me are the ones that have caught my ear and how to really, um, guide and lead this. There's definitely more that are out there. Um, I just don't have the capacity to listen to it all. <laughs> um, and, and I will. Um, so, you know, there, there, for anyone that's listening, I think that you have to think about how, how is this practice spoken to you and what it, what aspect of this practice do you resonates with you? And then how do you use that to really bring this into create social, to create social change. Mm. Yeah. And I think you just gave everybody a whole lot to think about and you kind of gave them an action, action item, right? Get a DEI and social justice plan in your studio or your business, whatever it might be. Um, I know that's something I've been working on for the magazine and um, you know, it's, just taking baby steps. It might feel overwhelming, um, but just take it in baby steps and, and, you know, call on someone like Erica for help, right? Like there's people out there who do this for a living that help um, companies and organizations create these statements. So, you know, look, look to someone for support. Um, Erica, this has been such a great conversation. We could talk all day. I love chatting with you. Um, if people want to get in touch with you, they can find you on Instagram. Um, and where else can they get in touch with you? Where can they find you? I, that's the best way I need to create, um, that I would say that's the best way. Mm -hmm. Um, that's the easiest. I teach locally here. Um, yeah, that's, that's the best way right now. And your Instagram is Erica and it's spelled E R I C K A dot Jones underscore. Um, so that is your Instagram handle. Anyone would like to find you and that will be in the show notes. Um, so anyone, wherever you're listening, you can click through the show notes to find the link to Erica's Instagram. Erica, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much.
And thank you everyone for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please consider leaving a five-star review wherever you are listening to help others on their own wellness journey discover this podcast. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting it through membership on Patreon for just $5 a month. That's patreon.com slash Amy Zellmer. Thank you all for listening. Have a great day and I'll see you in the next episode.